Hi, this is Dr. Friedman, and you're watching Empowerment Solutions. Do you struggle with anxiety, stress, low self-esteem, or a general sense of powerlessness? Well, in this podcast, me and my expert guests share with you tools, tips, and strategies on how to overcome these struggles using the power of your conscious and subconscious mind so that you can live with greater joy, peace, and empowered authenticity. All right, let's talk about anxiety. I had been struggling with anxiety for many years. I had all different kinds of anxiety, overwhelm, insecurity, mind racing. I had phobias. I had uh, obsessive compulsive behaviors, panic attacks. I think I'm pretty familiar with what anxiety feels like and I totally understand how overwhelming and uncomfortable that emotion can be. But there is a lot of information out there that makes us look at anxiety as if it's an enemy, something that we have to fight with and wrestle with, something we have to cope with, to really get through because it's so tough, which is all very disempowering, even though I understand it. I want to answer your questions to anxiety and help you to change your mind and your attitude towards anxiety. Because I don't see anxiety as my enemy. I actually see it more as an ally that needs a little help and is often misunderstood. I'm a physician, so I looked at anxiety originally as a chemical imbalance and some miswiring, misfiring in the brain. And if we are unlucky, we got some bad genes from our parents. But now I'm looking at anxiety as something that's a, a natural emotion and it's something we create on a subconscious level. That's where the anxiety comes from. And we can learn also how to uncreate this emotion. And I think that's pretty empowering. So I've been helping people to overcome anxiety for almost 20 years through working with the anxiety and not just against it. And for that, I think it's really important to understand what creates anxiety. So there is that deeper part of the mind, the subconscious. And the, the purpose of that subconscious is either to make us safe or to help us to be happy. Now, when we are little, we pretty much are dependent on the subconscious to be our protector, simply because our intellectual capacities are a little limited. And so the subconscious keeps track on everything around us and it registers and notices when we get rejected or when we get made fun of or judged or get in trouble. And so the subconscious tries to somehow create a playbook that says, when those things happen, you better do that in order to protect yourself. So for example, when your subconscious has been growing up in a pretty critical environment, the subconscious may say, well, in order to avoid criticism, just be small, say nothing, try to be invisible and get out of the way. And so you may still feel inside of you when someone is unhappy that you are removing yourself because that is what that playbook says. Or let's say your subconscious said to you, when something 
uh, when somebody is upset, you have to make you know certain that they are somehow changing their mind about you. So you have to please them. You have to be nice to them. You have to make sure that they get everything that they want from you and, and your needs don't really matter that much. So that can also be a way for you still to be that peacemaker and the helper and the caretaker in your life because subconsciously, if you don't do that, you potentially get rejected or abandoned. So there is this subconscious wiring or programming that has a lot to do with how anxiety is created. Because if you are looking through the eyes of that subconscious way of perceiving yourself in the world, you pretty much are still a powerless child that needs to somehow be protected and taken care of. And that's the reason why I see anxiety and the source of anxiety, this part of me that is looking out with anxiety for me to be safe, as more like a little me, little pinipan, the boy that just, you know, still feels at times not certain if it's okay to speak up, if it's okay to take a risk, if it's okay to, you know, have a conversation with someone that potentially could lead to conflict. All the things that I, as a peacemaker, wasn't really allowed to do because the consequences were rather hurtful. So when I look at myself or when I look at my anxiety as a smaller self, then I also understand, well, I really don't have to be afraid of that emotion. You know, today I talked to a client who told me about how when she was anxious, how she felt awful and how she felt like this anxiety was making her completely wobbly and, uh, and feeling like she, you know, couldn't really uh, stay standing. She had to sit down and how the anxiety was just a, a feeling that she wanted to run away from because it was just so overwhelming when it overcame her. So yeah, again, I understand how that feels, but the problem is the way she describes it makes the anxiety as something that you just wanna run away from. And if you are thinking that this is a part inside of you, that anxious part that just got triggered, maybe something happened that uh, made that part feel unsafe. All it's trying to do, it's reaching out for connection through anxiety, through those sensations. And as she was running away from that anxiety, as we all run away from our anxiety or try to, you know, not feel it, that part of us naturally feels abandoned or rejected and, and just gets louder, which is why the anxiety doesn't get any better. When we are avoiding it, it gets usually much more intense. Or sometimes when we are anxious, we do the opposite. We are sitting with it. We are letting ourselves feel like, well, this is it. I'm once again anxious. And yes, what the anxiety is telling me is true. We are doomed. Nobody loves us. We gonna always somehow fail. You know, all those old messages, if we are buying into them and let the anxiety basically you know, be right without giving it any other perspective. Once again, the anxiety doesn't feel really supported or comforted and it only gets stronger. 
And sometimes we do even the opposite of that. We fight with the anxiety, we get angry at the anxiety, we get upset with it and and not really showing up with any kind of understanding or warmth, but much more with aggressiveness and hostility, which reminds maybe that inner part of us of a very stern parent or an maybe abusive sibling doesn't make the anxiety any better either. So my point is, it's really important that we are not turning away or turning against the anxiety, but more turning towards it. And if you imagine your anxiety as a little kitten that is uh, crying, we just have two kittens that are doing this all the time, well, you probably wouldn't run away from them because you realize, oh, they just want a little love or a little food or whatever it is. And that is something that I feel like we can also imagine inside of us by shifting how we are relating to the anxiety, no matter how intense it may feel. Just see it as something inside of you that pulls on you and wants some reassurance, some comforting, some sense of, I am not alone. And that brings me to the first question. Why am I, even though I have worked through the root of my anxiety, which was an abusive mother, why am I still feeling anxious? Well, I'm not really sure what working through means, but a lot of people work through anxiety by analyzing what actually happened in the past, which is a really good start. You know, thinking about, Okay, who are those uh, factors that make me feel unsafe? And who are the people that potentially hurt me, abused me, confused me? And talking about it, you know, wrapping our mind around it, it's certainly a beginning. But that's really only on the level of the conscious mind, of the intellectual mind. Understanding is one thing, but healing is another thing. And for the healing to happen, we have to go more into the heart. We have to feel for ourselves and feel for that part of us that's anxious. Now, I, I know I mentioned parts inside of us, but that's just a, a very powerful concept that we are not just one person, but that we are really, you know, different aspects of ourselves all together. And the more healthy and whole and happy and at peace we feel, the more these parts work together in synergy and harmony. And the more we are struggling with ourselves, the more these inner parts on a subconscious level are in conflict with each other. When it comes to anxiety, there is certainly this part of us that needs some kind of reassurance and support. But that part of us is usually looking either at the outside to get that, or it feels like, well, I'm all on my own, so no one will really help me out or take care of me. So when there was something like an abusive mother, just like in your question, chances are that you didn't get the support and that you didn't get the love and attention that you needed. Now, are you giving it to yourself when the anxiety comes up? Are you showing up for yourself with the consistency, the compassion and the commitment that you really would have wanted as a child? Or are you doing the opposite? Are you kind of 
annoyed with yourself when the anxiety comes up or feeling deflated that it's still there and hasn't gone yet. Creating a warm and reliable relationship with the part of us that's anxious is ultimately the solution for the anxiety to find more peace. It doesn't mean that the anxiety will never get triggered again. It just means like that now when the anxiety feels like, oh, am I really safe? It looks as at us as that source of safety and support and not any longer outside. So my suggestion would be just to really go to that part that is anxious when it gets triggered and show up with questions. What's going on? Why do you feel this way? And reassure this part that whatever it has been thinking, whether it's thought, I'm not lovable, I'm not safe, I'm not good enough, that that is not the case and here are the reasons why. So have a communication with this part of you. Also treat yourself in a way that is safe. You know, feed yourself, take care of your needs, make sure that you know, you're not repeating patterns of neglect or maybe criticism that you had been suffering from when you were a child and that are the origins of that uh, anxious part to even exist. And then lastly, be patient. Now, when it comes to healing an anxious part of us, it's not about something that, you know, can be only done so that finally there is peace and quiet and the only and ultimately the only intention is to get rid of it because that's you know kind of not an honest and caring way of of supporting that more vulnerable uh, aspect of ourselves so what you just like if you had a child or if you would take care of someone who really you love and uh, and you know needs you you want to do this consistently in a way that really your heart is engaged with, not for you know a means to an end, but just a purpose in itself. I want to take care of that precious, vulnerable, sensitive, and at times anxious aspect of myself because I know this part of me deserves it, and I know this part has a lot to offer that uh, I can really also benefit from in my life. Since I have been taking care of my anxiety, I realized that my anxiety and that part of me are really connected also to sensitivity, empathy, and that I can understand people so well because that part of me can read them, can, you know, almost like intuitively, uh, you know, see beyond whatever you know, they are portraying and, and really connect to their vulnerable selves. I, I feel that uh, my creativity and also the, the playfulness and that, uh, that, you know, wonderment of the magic of life are all connected to that more sensitive part. So having an anxious side of us doesn't mean that this is just a annoying, uh, you know, aspect that we somehow have to appease there's more to it and there is really you know often those those pressures of our innocence that are uh, hidden there and when we take care of that part of us can also come out and can ultimately 
be shared with us and shared with the world. Now, another question that I often get is why the anxiety shows up that, uh, you know, out of the blue at times when everything is okay. You know, a client of mine uh, asked me this the other day that uh, why is it that when my life is perfect, I am feeling that the anxiety is the strongest. And the reason for that is that when your life is perfect, there's nothing really to worry outside of you. Something inside of you says, okay, now it's my turn. Now, finally, there is no distraction. There is nothing urgent that, you know, needs to be taken care of. I can finally get attention. And it's, you know, the wisdom of the subconscious that, again, in its protective function says, I understand that you need to take care of these necessities, but let's just, uh, once they are done, also not forget that there is a wound or a confusion inside that needs to be addressed. And that wound is that wound of feeling maybe not good enough or feeling that, uh, you know, you don't belong or the wound of feeling that you always have to prove yourself in order to get love. Whatever those wounds are, ultimately those wounds are limiting beliefs. And those limiting beliefs are not necessarily based on who you are, but more based on how you were made feel about yourself or how you were made feel that the world is. And that stems often from your past. So I will talk in another uh, episode about limiting beliefs and how we can change them. But it's a, it's a really important thing that we are realizing what that part, that anxious part suffers the most from is really the misunderstanding on who am I and what's the world about? And often, you know, anxiety doesn't have a very high opinion of itself. And it certainly feels the world is not very fair or it's scary or it's unsafe. All those things that we know we can struggle with. Now, a few people were uh, through text and, uh, and social media asking the same question, which I think is a very common question. It's a question of, so what can I do to quickly get out of the anxiety, like a quick fix. Now, I understand the question, but I don't really always like the question because anxiety is more than just something that we need to get a quick fix from. So it needs to be also seen with a grain of salt. You know, it's like saying, hey, my foot hurts. How can I just get away from the pain? Can you give me some strong pain medication? And I don't want to go and get an x-ray to find out that maybe my foot is broken. Well, you wouldn't do yourself a big service. So use the quick fixes that I suggest to you, but also see them not as a solution, but see them just as something you can do in the moment when you really cannot allow yourself to get overcome by anxiety. And really when you need to have the anxiety be quiet, and then later on you can attend to it. Now, again, the first thing I would do when I'm anxious is have, you know, reassurance and just, you know, make sure that I understand what triggers the anxiety. Was there a thought? Did I feel guilty about something? Did I feel doubtful? Did I feel worried? And knowing myself, I would talk to this part of me and say, no, I understand that you're worried. I understand that there is a question about whether you know, you did something wrong or we did something wrong or whether we are safe and then 
just calmly but again from the heart talk with this part of you and try to calm it down now if you don't have time for this you can say we're going to talk later i hear a question i'll take note of it we'll talk later but right now i need to feel calm so boundaries can also be really helpful strict but kind boundaries that uh, you know children for example need in order to feel safe also something that i find can be helpful but a boundary doesn't mean no forever it means not now but later on and then you have to follow up with this so why was i feeling this way and why was a, the part inside of me feeling triggered now what you also then can do to shift out of the emotion is again to first of all remind yourself it's not your enemy it's not bigger than you it's not anything that you know attacked you it's just an inner part of you that wants connection and you get it and now since you have taken note of it you can shift out of this just like you know you would tell a friend who calls you hey i cannot talk but i talk later and the shifting out is interrupting the spiral and interrupting the pattern or the spiral of anxiety often can be done by shifting into the parasympathetic nervous system now the sympathetic nervous system is that part of our nervous system that is about fight and flight and you know making sure that we are safe and then there is a parasympathetic nervous system which is all about uh, calm and uh, rejuvenation and digestion and all of those good things and activating the parasympathetic nervous system shifts us out of anxiety into a calmer state and for this we want to use our body and there are different ways to get our body there now body posture is important if you're anxious you feel probably all tight you're breathing fast maybe your shoulders are you know slumped forward your facial expression is tense all of those things you may not even be aware of but they feed back then to your subconscious oh wow look the whole body is already in this fight and flight mode that means we are in trouble and the anxiety gets only stronger so if you are from your conscious mind telling your body no we are portraying confidence you have your shoulder back we are portraying ease which means breathing slow and deep maybe you want to have your face totally relaxed maybe you want to even put a smile on all of those things are feeding back to your subconscious huh seems like he's got it covered everything is fine so let's relax so you have your shoulders back heart open you can even close your eyes take a few breaths now what you can also do is then to roll your eyes in a big circle rolling them up and down up and down especially when you roll your eyes like this especially up what happens is that you're activating the alpha waves in your brain alpha waves are the waves that happen when you are just about to fall asleep or when you're deeply meditating so when you're rolling your eyes somehow your brain gets stimulated to not be in that beta state of trying to you know get away from something or control your emotions it actually goes more into this relaxed alpha state so roll your eyes 10 times that helps a lot another one that is really helpful 
is to tap your upper lips. That stimulates the parasympathetic nervous system to have your thumb up and blow on your thumb. Also something that is stimulating for your uh, parasympathetic nervous system. I find it very helpful to breathe only through one nostril. So you can just close, for example, the right nostril and then breathe through the left nostril. You can see which one feels actually more calming depending on uh, you know, how you are wired. One may be more stimulating than the other. Or you can also start humming. Humming is something that has been shown, especially if you're humming like something like happy birthday or a happy thought. It's something that really stimulates your parasympathetic nervous system and it also makes your mind, this anxious part of you, a little confused. And it's wondering, well, what's going on here? Why are we singing something happy and joyful? Shouldn't we be afraid? And, and it eases through this confusion, that tension and this tightness around anxiety. You can drink a cold glass of water or even put, you know, cold water, let it run on your wrists. Again, things that help with the parasympathetic nervous system. But what's important is again, that these are only quick fixes. Just like, you know, animals, for example, shake. They shake the emotion out. So you can also start dancing or go on a brisk walk and just let the emotion, give the emotion motion and let it flow through you. But it's only something temporary. You don't want to always trick your anxiety to not have to be that intense because I feel that that does not really address what the anxiety is all about, which is to make us navigate safely through life. So what you want to do is to really understand, even if you don't in the moment, but later on looking back, what happened? Why did I feel? what I was feeling. So when you are feeling anxiety and you don't really know what it's about and you cannot make sense out of it because it's so overwhelming for you, just rather than again going into this judgment or this negative connotation with it, just try to fine tune your awareness. Well, is the anxiety feeling more like worry? Does it feel like doubt? Does it feel like insecurity? Does it feel like guilt? Does it feel like something that may relate right now to what happened around me? And so when you are going more into the understanding of that anxiety has different uh, faces, different ways of express itself, and you are honing in more on what specifically the anxiety feels like, rather than one just big lump of bad emotion. Then you can also understand, okay, so why do I feel guilty? What am I worried about right now? What am I doubting myself in? And that can help you connect the dots to whatever the subconscious part of you has been triggered with. Because it is about understanding that we often are so in our head and while we are in our head thinking about the past or the future or the plans and you know, our to-do lists, our subconscious keeps track on things. It keeps track on things that we are not even consciously aware of. And so there may be something that you have experienced 
that your subconscious took very serious. Let's say you talk to your boss and your boss, while you talk to this person, yawned twice. And your subconscious says, oh God, does it mean I'm not interesting? Does it mean that this person doesn't have any interest in keeping me in the company? Does it mean I get fired? All of those things can happen very quick and you don't even notice them consciously. But as soon as you're home, sitting there at dinner, you feel this knot in your stomach and you feel like something isn't right. What's going on? And this is when you can just by asking the question, what specifically do I feel and what happened during the day? And by communicating with your subconscious this way, get the answer and then set the record straight. Whatever your subconscious is telling you doesn't mean it's right. Doesn't mean that your anxiety tells you the truth. In fact, it's very likely that your anxiety tells you a very, very distorted version of reality, something that just focuses on the bad and never sees the good, focuses on how you can potentially fail or get again rejected versus why you are loved and appreciated for who you are. So that's your job as a conscious person to step in and say, I hear your concern, but the truth is dot, 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 dot. We have been always very loyal and reliable at work. We usually hit it out of the park. The boss was really just tired because, uh, you know, the deadline that we just met. And even if I should leave the job or should lose the job, I gotta find another one. Everything's gonna be fine. Just come more from that calm and, uh, and also compassionate and, and confident place. Even if you don't really 100% feel like it, just giving that anxious aspect of you that attention it needs in that moment. Just like a parent would come to a child and reassure the child when it's afraid of not being able to pass a test. As a parent, you cannot do the test for it, but you can give the child the feeling that I believe in you and I know that it's gonna be okay. And I will do whatever I can to make it okay for you. That's the attitude that you wanna have when your anxiety or your insecurity comes up. Now I'm gonna do another one of those answering questions because I just think we need to really change our relationship with anxiety because anxiety seems to be like a constant for so many of us. Lots of people are talking about the anxiety epidemic and I completely understand it because our whole world seems to be just, you know, fraught with uncertainty and a lot of confusion. So naturally the inner protector, the subconscious self says, okay, this is not okay. And through anxiety, it tries to get our attention. But let's not see the anxiety as a problem. Let's see the anxiety simply as something inside of us that needs us to take care of it and not to fight it. 